0: Twice a week, 113. Well, 115 by the time this gets posted. But anyway, here's some thoughts and a prayer on some of the lessons for um, this Sunday, tomorrow, second after Epiphany. Probably works best if you had them to uh, looked over them or have them there at hand to scan. And for today, that would be uh, Psalm 36, 5 to 10, Isaiah 62, 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, and John 2, 1 to 11. And as always, this is available um, in a printed form at wordstwiceaweek.blogspot.com. Okay, here we go. Um, psalm 36, 5 to 10. If we look at the whole psalm, verses 1 to 4 our description of the wicked, and I love this, they stay awake thinking up mischief. Verses 11 to 12, or prayer for protection from the world, and in between verses 5 to 10 focus on God's saving love. God's love in verse 5 and 7 surround God's faithfulness, righteousness, and judgment. God's love is cosmic in scope and includes humans and animals. How does the whole animal testing and using pig hearts fit into that picture? All people take refuge in the shadow of God's wings Thy holy wings, O Savior, spread gently over me. Beautiful hymn. The abundance of your house sounds like dinner at an old English fort. One writer notes that it could be an image of the feast after a sacrifice, kind of like a family barbecue with the neighbors invited in. Verse 10, love to those who know God, but doesn't God love all? And salvation to the upright of heart. Does salvation come from being upright, or does salvation make you upright? Isaiah 62, 1-5, the suggestion is again that this comes from a time after the return from exile. While things were still not going all that well, a prophet speaks up, saying a new time is coming, and the anticipated joy spills over into the difficult present time kind of like our expectation that this COVID experience will one day be over, and we will once again go out for coffee comfortably. For Zion's sake, for Jerusalem's sake, by extension, for all God's people's sake, by further extension, for all people's sake, for God's sake. A new time. A new relationship starts with a new name. Where did your name come from? What relationships were involved? If you were going to choose a new name, what would it be? Why? What relationship or reality would it signify? Or what's in a name? A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Um, The new name is my delight is in her and married. was a big verse in my family. My My mom's name was Beulah. As far as I could tell, she was happily married. A new reality is a crown of beauty, a royal diadem. Again, a good strong hymn in the United Methodist tradition in any of the settings, really. The marriage image, what does it say about our relationship with God? What does it say about our understanding of marriage? And in particular, how is our land going to be married unless we change the way we live in it? An opinion piece in the New York Times by David Brooks about how America is coming apart at the seams. How does the marriage image resonate with life around us? 1 Corinthians 12 1 to 11, the beginning of a three-part chapter, three-section chapter, a three-chapter section on spiritual gifts or perhaps spiritual persons. One writer notes that Paul uses the word charismata, which would emphasize. Gifts of grace more than necessarily spiritual. Verses 4 to 6, there are varieties of gifts, varieties of service, varieties of activities. If we had prayers, we would get my stewardship phrase, prayers, presents, activities, gifts, and service. And then there's the whole laundry list, something for everyone, all from the same God. Wisdom In knowledge. Someone said knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. What does it mean that faith is given to another, not to all? Do some people just seem to have more faith, have faith more easily? What do you think this means? Healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpreting. Have you ever encountered any of these? I've heard a few people speaking in tongues, not sure if I believe some of them. I was in a prayer group once. The leader dearly wanted folks to be speaking in tongues, but we didn't. My understanding was and is that there are a couple different kinds of speaking in tongues, one of which is more personal prayer language. Paul talks about prayer too deep for words, and another which is more addressed to the community and someone needs to interpret. One guy said, Well, since there's no one here to interpret what I just said, I will. Uh, I didn't buy it. And I really love this, verse 11. All these are activated. Things get activated. Phones, credit cards, streaming subscriptions, Christians. What gifts might be latent in you just waiting to be activated? With five to ten minutes of devotions, prayer, Activate some gift, ability, intention in your life. We often think of gifts as some skill or ability that will make us rich or famous. But Paul says they are here for the common good. Might even be something that you don't enjoy or feel accomplished at, but is good for the community. Particularly as we're trying this thing called mutual ministry, how do we go about identifying, activating, authenticating different gifts person? persons? Okay, in John 2, 1 to 11, the mother, Jesus, the disciples, and others are at the wedding. Now this and the next couple of points are from Fred Craddock. That was the third day. Previously, John has said on the next day, if you counted them up, this would be the fourth day. Though Though there seems to be a break from what has gone before, the third day resonates as a resurrection image appropriate for the first sign. Note Jesus' story starts with a wedding in Galilee and a funeral in Jerusalem. Just a nice touch, or is there more to think about there? And what did mother expect? Jesus to go buy more? Jesus and the disciples to leave and reduce the man's? Do Mary's words activate Jesus in some way? But note that Jesus acts as God's will is revealed to him, not out of kindness, friendship, or even observed need, Grace is more than compassion. Compassion might provide wine. Grace reveals God. A sign is not proof. It is a window through which God is revealed. So what does this story reveal about God to you? I like Jesus' reply in NRSV, What concern is that to you and to me? Some other translations have something more like, Don't tell me what to do. And here's a line from Earthwords from several years ago. When the wine failed, there was water. When the water fails. Hmm. A line about saving the good wine first, serving the good wine first. Where are you in life? Drinking the good wine. Do you get to the good wine by walking with Jesus? Okay, here's this nice prayer from the lectionary website. O oh God of steadfast love, At the wedding in Cana, your son Jesus turned water into wine, delighting all who were there. Transform our hearts by your spirit that we may use our varied gifts to show forth the light of your love as one body in Christ. Amen. Okay, that's what I got for now.